the last year of service that I held in the United States Marine Corps was at the Navy Supply Corps School in Athens, Georgia. My father had become uh, terminally ill. They sent me back from Okinawa, and that's where I finished out my time. Uh, and a funny thing happened when I got there. I realized that my time was coming to an end, and I started to lose the sense of motivation to accomplish things, especially running. I didn't want to run anymore. I was almost finished. Didn't matter. I already took my last physical fitness test, and, and no matter what I, where I ran, who I ran with at that point, it just didn't matter because it wasn't going to be marked on a piece of paper. It wasn't going to benefit me in any form or fashion. So we had a battalion run one time. We had uh, some general come in for a visit, and he brought some of his staff, and he wanted to have a battalion run. And so we took off running, and um, I really wasn't feeling it, so I started falling behind because I didn't want to exert myself. It just that, that sense of motivation had seemed to leave me. And one of the master sergeants came up beside me while I was running, and he said, I already heard your story because I asked about you. Um, when I came in, he said, I know that your mother is in the, uh, has been in the hospital and she has health issues. I know at this point my father had already passed away and you're getting ready to leave. He said, but just because it's time to leave doesn't mean that it's time to quit. You've got to keep moving. You've got to keep working. You've got to keep doing what it is that God called you to do. He said, dig deep down inside and find the energy and the desire to keep moving, even when you don't want to. He said, it's not just about a physical fitness test. It's about living life to the fullest. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. The Word of God says, Then Jesus told his disciples in a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with a, with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I do not fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And I will, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today. And again, thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather in your house. And Father, we just ask that you uh, send your spirit to dwell amongst us, Father, during this time. Father, take from me the desire to speak my own, but empty me and fill me with your spirit, that, that I would speak words that come from your throne, words that, that we as a people would, would need to hear, and words that would inspire us to keep moving forward in our race. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Now, I know what you're thinking. Didn't we just go over this passage of Scripture a couple of months ago where someone goes and is begging somebody to, 
to give them something. And the message to that one was, stop asking of man, because the man had no obligation, but ask of God, because God will give good things. And you're right, we did discuss a message that was very similar to this text. But I'm going to tell you what's different between this text and the text that we uh, spoke about earlier. In the earlier text, it was the middle of the night, and a man had guests come to his house unexpectedly. He wasn't prepared for them, and he didn't have food for them. So he left his house and went to his friend's house in the middle of the night and began just banging on the door until someone come and answered. And he said, I have guests at my house, and I need food. I need you to give me your food so that I can feed them. And because the guest or the, the owner of the home was so bothered and annoyed, he finally gave his friend the food just so that he would go away. That man had no spiritual obligation, no legal obligation, and no moral obligation whatsoever to provide for the man who was beaten on the door. It was just someone that he knew. There were no prior agreements, and there was no understanding that he would ever provide for him and his household. It was just expected from the other person, and he didn't stop until he got what he wanted. In this story, however, we have a participant, an actor, the lady, the widow, and in her time, something happened. An unjust act was performed against her. And she wanted justice. And the person that she went to had all authority and duty and responsibility to perform the task of bringing about justice. But he refused to do so. Now, he's referred to here, to here as a judge. And most of the time when we hear judge in the Bible, we think about the judges of the Old Testament who were carrying out the will of God. But, but this judge is different. He wasn't an actor who was fulfilling God's um, will for his life. He didn't even believe in God. He didn't fear God. He had no respect for man. He was appointed by the government to carry out these duties. And in those days, judges were more corrupt than what you could think. But she knew that he had the authority and the ability to give what she needed to be satisfied. And she kept going to him over and over and over and over again until finally he said, let me give her what she's asking for because maybe then she'll leave me alone. And I'm bothered by that, that statement. Let me go do what I'm hired to do, what I'm called to do, what I'm paid to do, what I'm expected to do, not because it's the right thing to do, but because I'm bothered by somebody who expects me to do it. Now, as Christians, we are tasked with jobs appointed by God. It may be the job that you have that pays your income. It may be the duty that you have to carry out in taking care of your family. It may be the duty that, that you carry out in, in caring for your church. Whatever that duty may be. We need to understand this, that people are depending upon us to carry out those duties. And if we don't carry out those duties, then people are left harmed. They're not getting what they pay for, or they're not getting what they need from us as a people. 
Now, I was talking with someone not too long ago, and uh, I said, you know, the, the culture I come from, I come from a culture of duty where we do things because it's the right thing to do, not because it's fun, not because it's entertaining. Because we're going to find out in life that, that there are many times that, that we are tasked to do things by, by life itself that, that aren't very fun at all. But the way that we as a people respond to those needs, those desires of other people, or, or, or the, the needs that they have that, that bring us out of our comfort zone, will determine how happy we are in life. We can't depend on someone else to decide how happy I'm going to be or what impact I'm going to have on society. I have to choose today that, that no matter what my circumstances are, I'm going to come in here today with a smile. Because if I don't come in here today with a smile and I look at Colleen who is in need of happiness and joy and, and she sees me all grumpy and me, she's not going to get a warm feeling. She's not going to leave church today feeling good about her experience. I have to bury the way I feel sometimes and put on the, the armor of God, so to speak, to, to trust in faith that, that God is working things out for, for my good and for your good and to walk with that assurance regardless of what my circumstance looks like. You see, I'm a, a soldier and I question sometimes why God sends military people into the pulpit because the way we look at life is different than how civilians look at it. Because we are oftentimes put in circumstances that we don't want to be in. We have to go without food. We have to live in the mud. We have to, to live under circumstances that, that are not appealing to most people. But we find a way to make it an enjoyable experience as much as we can. Not for our good, but for the good of those beside us. And you see, this judge wasn't doing that. He didn't take his call very serious. It was a burden to him. It was a bother. And the way that he viewed life was shown to us in the way he handled his position. His life was about himself and himself alone. The widow was in need, and he had the authority that, that not only that God gave him, whether he believed in or feared God or not, God put him in that position, or whether he had any respect for people. He had the duty to care for that woman's needs. And many times we have our own gifts and our own abilities and our own talents that, that God puts in our lives. And sometimes we look at them like it's a burden. It's interfering with my life. But we have to, to understand that, that those responsibilities that God gave us are the responsibilities that he put in our life to bring us joy and peace and happiness so that we don't stay at home thinking, what about me? What am I going to get out of this? But then we start thinking about how my impact on the people around me is my responsibility. You see, I think he missed that message. But I think the other point that we need to see in this passage is this. 
And I love this part of it here is that the lady who wasn't being having her needs met didn't give up. She kept pushing. And I think that, that as Christians, that's what we have to do also, that, that when our needs aren't being met, <coughs> that when we are in need of something and the person who is responsible for giving us that isn't showing up, then, then we as a people should push them to go that extra mile, that we should push them to do the things that they are responsible for, to say, you signed up for this. Now, produce it. That keeps our lives moving forward, that, that when people won't be accountable for themselves to the responsibilities that they've promised people, then someone has to hold them accountable. I think about it like this sometimes. I grew up in Gwinnett County before Gwinnett County blew up, and we lived in rental homes. Now, the expectation is that when you live in a rental home, that, that you pay X amount of money per month to live in that home. And the agreement is, for that money, you repair the uh, things in the house as they tear up. Now, back in my day, if you call the landlord up and said, hey, my sink is not working, I need you to come fix it, they would put you on a list and they would say, well, we'll get to it one day. Because, see, it didn't matter because they were getting your money. And you really didn't have many other options. So one day turns into a few weeks down the road, and then a month later it still didn't get fixed. But in today's society, it's different. In today's society, they understand the importance of the customer. They understand the importance of, of showing up and doing what it is that you say you're going to do. Because like the judge, for one, they don't want the, the lady calling them up every day saying you haven't done what you said you're going to do. You haven't done what you said you're going to do. When are you going to do what you said you're going to do? They know that that makes an unhappy customer. And unhappy customers in today's world have other options. And if the landlord doesn't provide, they'll just move somewhere else. Because in today's culture, when you call up the landlord and say, my sink isn't fixed, can you come fix it? They'll say, yeah, I'll be out there in less than a week, and they're going to show up. You know why? Because they want your business. They want you to be a happy customer, so they're going to give you what it is that you want. So when we go into our workplace or, or our ministries or wherever it is that God sends us, remember that how we respond to their need will determine how long they stay active in your life. Because they're only going to call so many times. And they're only going to ask so many times. And they're only going to plead so many times before they move on down the road. That's what I learned from this passage of Scripture here.
We want to be people of faith. And too many times what we think about faith is what we've heard on TV. And that is, God, give me this. God, give me what I want. But, but the exercise of faith has very little to do with God, give me what I want. It has everything to do with servanthood. See, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the, and the Prince of peace came into this world, as he said, not to be served, but to serve. And that is the greatest reward that we can ever have as a people on this side of heaven. is to be, be called into the family of God and be given a purpose. And to execute those responsibilities with passion and desire. Not seeking our own needs, but to care for the needs of others and the family of God. Now, we as Christians, do we always have to depend upon the, the response of people? I want to say yes, but, but the truth is that's not always so. Because our God in heaven is a just and loving God. I like to think of it this way sometimes, that, that God puts people in our lives and he gives them the responsibilities sometimes to give them that opportunity to grow and experience. Now, if God calls me into, into your life to, to come paint your kitchen and I, and I tell you that, you know, I'm going to come do it, then that's an opportunity that, that God gives to me to, to not just serve you, but maybe to, to create for myself an image in your mind of an honest person. And if I come and show up to your house and I paint your kitchen and I put my heart and soul into it, then I'm going to leave there with you thinking that, that I am an honorable person. But if I take that same opportunity and not take it serious and, and not take it to heart and I leave there or I don't show up or, or I do a, a, a poor job, then I leave with you thinking very little of me. So you see, when God gives us those opportunities, sometimes it's the opportunity for us to grow as a people, to, to share in the blessings of God, but to earn trust from the people that are around us. But Jesus goes on to say this to the widow. You're going to the judge seeking justice. And rightfully so, I think. But don't forget this, that, that, that this person over here who can give you justice can't give it to you like I can. When you pray to me, it's not a bother. When you bring your cares and your concerns into the, into the holy courts and, and, and put them before me, I'm listening to everything that you have to say. And I am going to work in your life to ensure 
that that prayer is answered. And I count it as a blessing that God oftentimes answers prayers of others through me. Because it allows me to see the power of God working in my life to make a change in the world around me. I don't have to depend on so-and-so completely. Because I depend on God first and foremost. Here's what I mean. I lift up care or concern to God. And I say, Father, I I have this need in my life. And I want my, my faith to grow. I'm tired. I'm getting older. Literally talking about myself here. And I don't do things as quickly as I used to. But I'm going to trust you to to provide for my need because your word says that you will. And then God brings into my life the person who has the authority and ability to do so, much like the judge. But that person has to be pestered in order to get them to do what, what God calls them to do. You know, God is only going to allow that person to be there so long before he says, opportunity has come, opportunity has left. I'm sending somebody else in to take your place because Tommy is going to be taken care of. See, exercising our faith isn't about asking God for good things. He gives those. That's his promise to those who are obedient. That is God's guarantee. But the exercise of faith is to do this. When the world says no, but you have that right to attain, then you keep knocking and you keep asking. And God will either work in the life of those people around you who are supposed to to execute his will to perform those tasks or he will move them out of the way and put someone else in your life that will do what they were supposed to do because God is going to have your back. She kept asking. She kept demanding. She kept saying, I need justice. You have the authority to give it to me. I was wronged. Give me what it is that I am deserving of. And I think sometimes in life that's what we have to do. To push through. until we get what it is that God has intended us to have. It's not easy. And we choose to be happy in that process. 
Timothy, well, Paul said to Timothy, for the Spirit of God gave, for the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. When we receive Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And that spirit that he gave us is not a spirit of timidity, but of power, which means that that we have the ability to stand up and and face those difficulties in life, to, to face the people who don't do what they're supposed to do and say to them, your conduct is having a negative effect on everyone around us. We don't have to say it rudely. We say it with love. We point out truth. But it is our responsibility to hold people accountable for what they do or do not do. And it gives us self-discipline. Which means I may not know how to respond. And in anger or in desire, I may want to act out of emotion. But the discipline comes in the self choosing how to respond. You see, when God says that I'll provide you justice and I'll provide your needs, I think that's what he means. That I will provide for you the ability to withstand and keep moving forward in faith to hold not only yourself accountable, but those around you. What a grand world it would be, don't you think, that if everyone, including myself, did everything that we were supposed to when we were supposed to. But it doesn't always work that way. When we start acting as Christians... When we start holding a people accountable, even though they're friends or relatives, then we start receiving the blessings of God. One of the things that, that I learned this week when I was at Atlanta was this. One I'm going to share with you because I thought this was funny. They were talking about Joshua. At the end of Joshua's journey, he was getting ready to retire. His life was coming to an end. He already led uh, Israel into the promised land. They, they conquered battles, and Joshua stood up, and I heard the the preacher that was talking say this. He said, um, today on this day, you choose what you want to do. You serve the God of this land. You serve the God of this land, the God of that land. But as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I never heard it the way I heard it then. Because here's what I heard at my age. I understood what Joshua was saying. Joshua, was what he was saying was this. I've lived my life. I've done everything that God has called me to do. I've taught you. I've walked with you. i brought you through the battles. Now I'm retiring. You go do what you want to do. And I'm just saying that because I thought that was funny when I heard that. He was saying, hands off. You've been prepared. Can't babysit. As adults, make your decisions. But when you make your decisions, know this, that there is only one God that is a living God. There is only one God that, that is powerful. There's only one God that, that changes lives. There's only one God who sent his son to die on the cross that we can live. 
But I learned this. This is what I was getting at. Even though Joshua was retiring, he didn't say, I was quitting. He was just changing positions. He was no longer the the leader of Israel, but he was the leader of his home. His walk continued forward in faith with God. So I guess what I'm saying is this. We want things in life. But we got to go get them. Nobody's going to go get it for us. And when opposition presents itself, we have a choice to say, it's not worth my time, I'm sitting down, or I'm going to be like the widow who keeps pushing and pushing and pushing until she gets what she wants. Faith isn't about what God gives. It's about where we walk, trusting God for his provision. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you today and thank you for the opportunity that you give us to come together today. Help us to remember, Father, that that as we prepare to leave this place, that, that we go out a blessed people simply because you loved us. Help us to, to rise up, Father God, as soldiers in your army to learn to to love the duty that's put before us and to express that love in the way that we approach life, in the way that we treat others, and in the way that we, we carry out the task that you've put before us, that now is not a time to quit, but now it's a time to keep moving forward in faith until we get what it is that you have placed in our heart. Trusting the people that you put in our path to carry out the opportunity that you've given them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh